0: Our second reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It'll be a familiar passage to most, one we heard just a few weeks ago here on Christmas Eve. So let us listen again to what Matthew is telling us this day. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, "'Where is this child who has been born King of the Jews?' for we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men together and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, And they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of candles. That's what filled the hallway outside of our offices a few weeks ago. Candles in boxes. Candles in plastic storage bins, candles in baskets, candles on tables, candles on the floor. There were a lot of candles. All for one moment. This one meaningful, magical moment to close out each of our Christmas Eve services. When the darkness seeped through the windows, the lights were turned down, and candles in hand with one beautiful voice we all sang together, Silent Night. On Christmas Eve, I watched this from different places in our three services, from the back of the sanctuary, from up in the balcony, and then also from up here, the darkened sanctuary filled with the most beautiful light. And from each space I watched, I saw faces shine in the candlelight with joy and tears and excitement for what is to come. It's one of the few times when this sanctuary is full and also still. There's less wiggling and squirming, less whispering and murmuring. It's mesmerizing. Light is important. It changes our perspective. It causes us to pause and to look around. It reflects the world around us, and it shines so much brighter in the darkness. Epiphany, what we're celebrating today, is about light, the light of Christ coming into the world. In the earliest days of the church, before Christmas was on our calendar, Epiphany was the great feast of what we now know to think of as the Christmas season. It was the celebration of the light breaking into the world and changing everything, In the Eastern Church, Epiphany is still their Christmas. In the West, we've separated it into two things, but the theme remains the same. At Christmas, we celebrate the incarnation of the eternal Son of God in Jesus. We think of Mary and Joseph with their newborn baby in the stable, and of those Jewish shepherds who were told by angels to come and worship him. The light that had been promised for so long had finally come. And yet here, at Epiphany, which closes the Christmas season, we're reminded once again of that light. But this time, the church directs our thoughts back to the wise men from the east. Those kings or astrologers who followed God's guidance given to them by a star to worship the king. The church points us to those kings from the east to remind us that Jesus came not only to be a light to the Jews, but a light to the whole world. He came for Jew and Gentile alike. Up to that point, the church was only for the descendants of Abraham. But in Jesus, God opened the church to all. Jesus is the light of the whole world. And what is so important to note here is that it was outsiders who noticed and followed the light. There is no mistaking that these wise ones were outsiders, non-Jews in a Jewish story. They were Gentiles, pagans, not part of the chosen people. And here at the very beginning, at the manger, we find them. Matthew introduces Jesus by way of a story that shatters religious tradition and brings strangers, outsiders, the others, into the spotlight. It is here at the beginning, and once again before Jesus' life is over, that all of those old boundaries of religion and race, of social class and status and gender are shattered. Before this story is over, all of the outsiders, the marginal, the sinners, the unclean, the lepers, the tax collectors, the poor people, the women, the children, foreigners, Roman centurions, all of them outsiders will be a part of the story. They will be welcomed and included in his company, welcome at his table, and not only welcome, but perhaps the ones best suited to show us the way to the manger, the way to Christ, the ones who were not able to ignore the light, the ones who can point out the light in the sky and follow it, something for us to remember as we come to this table today. But it's fair to say that light is tricky. Sometimes it's right in front of us and we miss it, Sometimes we distract ourselves with the world around us. Sometimes we lose focus in all the glitter and the shininess of light. Sometimes we're simply looking in the wrong direction. This year, at Christmas, one of the prized Christmas presents amongst my nieces and nephew was a one-foot-tall astronaut. Now, to be honest, when it was opened, they were a little confused not sure what they were supposed to do with this spaceman. They gave their obligatory thank yous and then ran off to do other things, tossing it aside. But later, when things had calmed down, when the astronaut was fully charged, we flipped the switch on and faint lights were thrown up on the ceilings and the walls. Suddenly, the chaos, the running, the noise, stopped we laid down on the kitchen floor to catch a glimpse of this light coming from the astronaut. Then my brother, the smart one, turned off the lights and the kitchen was dark. But the room was aglow with bright stars and nebulas and blue and pinkish reds painting the ceiling. The light that was once faint was now gleaming. And for a whole Three minutes, the room was still, the running ceased, and the light drew us in. In the darkness, we could see the light projected from this astronaut nightlight. In the darkness, we were still enough, quiet enough, to see the light shining. We know that darkness and light go hand in hand, and the words that Rebecca read from Isaiah We hear how the prophet spoke of both darkness and light in the same verses. Arise, shine, says the prophet, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you. These words remind us of words we spoke on Christmas Eve from Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. And Isaiah follows it up, saying, I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. The prophet calls our attention to the ways in which God breaks into our world and illuminates our very existence. Look around, the prophet cries, and pay attention. God is here. Yes, here. Your Christmas decorations might be packed away, or not, no judgment. But God among us, Emmanuel, is not packed away. Jesus Christ is alive and present in the world, here and now, We are not removed from the darkness or promised that no darkness will enter our lives, but we are promised that God is with us. We are promised that there is light amongst us and it is even stronger in the darkness. Throughout Advent, we at Trinity journeyed through the wilderness through the words of Isaiah. We know at times we are going to be in the wilderness that sometimes that wilderness will be lonely and dark, sometimes it's a place of growth, but in it we will still hear a voice crying to us in the wilderness, and we know there is light leading us forward. Isaiah tells us to rise, but also to shine. These words from the prophet are more than just beautiful poetry about light. This is not an invitation, this is a command. The light has come not merely to rescue a few chosen ones from the darkness, the light has come so that others will be drawn out of the darkness and into the circle of light. Those who are privileged to stand in the light, those of us gathered here today in this light, have a responsibility not to just receive the light, but also to respond to it. Just as our candles on Christmas Eve made us bearers of the light to each other and to the world, we are now able and called to take that light out into the world, even a world of darkness, to be reflections of God's glory and love to others. For me... What is so important in the midst of our epiphany celebrations is the light coming into the world is that we are not called to be the light. That's Jesus. We are called to reflect the light, to take and show the light into the world. We don't have to be perfect or be everything for everyone. We might still be in the midst of a deep darkness ourselves, but the light gets in. It's like the words from the Leonard Cohen song, ring the bells that still can ring, and forget about your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Whether the brokenness of the world overwhelms us and makes us think that our light doesn't matter, or the brokenness of our own lives makes us feel unworthy to bear the light, Epiphany is a reminder that Jesus, the true light, came into the world for everyone, even and especially those of us who feel too cracked and broken to be worthy or useful or faithful or effective. We don't have to be perfect. We all have cracks in the facade of our lives, but that's okay. Those are the cracks where the light shines through. May it be so. Amen.